This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. There she is, the hey, superstar. Yeah. You're, you you keep going, and you keep going, and you keep going. You're like the Energizer Bunny of YouTube. That's right, the Energizer Bunny of YouTube. I'll take that. on Coachella Valley iced tea. That's my claim to fame. I've been, I have this here, this is the Dragon Well. Oh my God, mm. is it good. Yeah. So good. So again, uh, CoachellaValleyCoffee.com. Mark T at checkout for your 10% off. Are you doing, not um, a sponsor of this show, but I'm, I'm still pushing it because it's good. Is that hot tea that you're drinking or is it iced? Uh, ice. I, do, I like the iced tea. Okay. Yeah. Do they give you instructions on both or you just put it over ice? We'd make the hot tea and then put ice and in put it. Over ice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. the way that works Because I know out. some teas are designed, they're like designed their flavor profile to be iced tea. But that yeah, comes from my, my Pete's background. These are good both ways. Although I will say I tried the Earl Grey as ice and it's much better hot. Yeah. That's why Captain Picard said Earl Grey, hot. (laughs) Hot. When he went up to the replicator every single time. Well, you know, we, again, always follow what's going on with these robo taxis. And today. What is going on? We know that Cruise is laying off 900 workers. They paused their mm. robo-taxi operations after the crash in San Francisco. Yeah. And here we go. Now big layoffs coming for Cruise. And I feel bad when people you lose their jobs, but this is they weren't ready for prime time. You know, they tried yeah. to Waymo Waymo's still running and I think I think they're paid rides, do you know? I think so. I don't too. think they were mm-hmm. I don't think they were ordered to stop. Right, because they haven't dragged anybody. No, they didn't. That, yeah, that's the standard. Do you remember when all this started? I said something ominous is going to happen. Well, that's Do you what remember, it like, back to get in, it to, mm-hmm. And back in yeah. August, I said, you know, something's something ominous is going to happen. They, they, yeah. When they flooded the streets with all these cars, I'm like, something mm-hmm. bad's going to happen. Hate to say, and I here they are. Same. Yeah, this is a uh, three thousand eight hundred workers from the president and chief technical officer. Uh, the they're cutting, cut, cut, cut. And yeah. they cut nine key leaders from the company. But these were people that were hiding evidence, right? That were that they didn't turn over their the videotapes or whatever evidence they had to the DMV, tried to sweep it under the rug. Yeah. Maybe can't they can go on it. a cruise with Mark. <laughs> Maybe they can. <laughs> now they have some time on their hands. So uh, we have we have beaver news. We have the beaver, we have a oh, beaver follow-up. Bring me all the beavers, my friend. Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Oh. I love the beavers. Yeah, we have a beaver follow-up. Um, the beavers are being reintroduced into p- the Plumas County in a waterway to renew the ecosystem. And it's the first release like this in the last 75 years. So it's it's do they know who you are? It's kind of a big deal, is what's happening yeah, there. Yeah, cool. it's happening with the Mountain Maidu tribe of Plumas County. They're trying to revise this uh, revitalize this ecosystem they want it to be a buffer during the wildfire season so they have released a family of seven beavers um at a location in the part of this county in the tribal community area beaver party of five beaver part seven beaver party oh, of seven sorry, I'm the sorry. waterway mm-hmm. beaver party it, of seven interestingly this plot of land where the beavers are now doing their thing was transferred from PG&E back to the Maidu tribe in 2019. And unfortunately... After before or after they burned it? Uh, it was two years <laughs> actually before the Dixie Fire 
came and ravaged much of that area. Yeah. So, but the beavers join a resident beaver in the valley in the hopes of breeding a population to reestablish the habitat, um, provide for many other species. And the restoration that the beavers will provide is part of this big effort to fight wildfires, climate change, and drought. So beavers play a big role in this. Who knew? So there was one resident beaver? There was a resident beaver. Imagine his excitement when he's like, yeah, baby, More my beavers! people, my people right. party. <laughs> Shots on me. Well, speaking of fires, firefighters are back at it, rescuing another animal. We saw a horse being pulled out yesterday. This time oh, it's what, a cow? Check this out. Yeah, firefighters hoist a cow out of a waste-filled cesspit in England. Ooh. A British fire service said it was a mucky afternoon for its large animal rescue team when they were called to free a cow trapped in a cesspit full of waste. Her, uh, Hereford and Worcester uh, Fire and Rescue Service said the large animal rescue team from Bromyard Fire Station was dispatched to a farm near Bromyard when a cow became trapped in the deep waste. Firefighters drained the pit and the cow was sedated before being fitted with straps and hoisted to safety. Aww. She was carried a short distance into the barn where she was put on some nice dry, clean straw. The Post said it was a mucky afternoon for the whole team. Poor cow. Yuck. Yeah. Glad they helped. Well, speaking of animal rescues, we have five puppies rescued from a culvert pipe in South Carolina. That's right. Animal services crews and firefighters had to go out there and rescue these five puppies that were trapped in this pipe underneath the driveway of a manufacturing facility. The fire department called out. uh, They had to assist with the rescue of these puppies 30 to 40 feet in the pipe. Like way underneath, they got wedged in there. The several residents had been feeding the mother for several weeks. And then a resident watched the dog go into the narrow pipe. Uh, It looks like that's where the puppies were located. Um, So they had to use a PVC pipe, a bucket lid, and several rolls of duct tape to get these duct tape in every rescue uh, to get these puppies out. The bucket lid, they say, was the perfect size and small enough to clear the pipe, which was partially filled with years of dirt. So they used this makeshift tool to coax these puppies to within 20 feet of the rescuers who were then able to use this soft-ended hook to bring them out one at a time. Took about five hours. They had to use their patience, but all five puppies were rescued from the pipe. And look at there. There they are. Cute. No. That's such good Those people adopted the puppy they're holding, right? Very cute. Very cute. Yeah. Um, do you know those um those robot dogs that they make for the military? The creepy yeah, scary ones? Scary looking, right? Well, over in South Korea, a robot dog has broken a speed record. Uh-oh. A South Korean team's dog like hound was dubbed the fastest robot on four legs when it traveled a distance of three hundred and twenty-eight feet. In 19.87 seconds, the dynamic robot control and design laboratory at the Korea Advanced Institute of Science and Technology um, developed the hound robot and Guinness World Records confirmed it broke the record for running the fastest 100 meters by a quadrupedal quadrupedal, quadrupedal, Mm -hmm. uh, robot. The hound averaged a speed of 11.26 miles per hour during the attempt. In simulation, you, you can accelerate to higher speeds. But we haven't tested it in the real world yet, according to the robots designer. So we have uh, a quick clip, very quick mm-hmm. clip of it running. Uh, you want to check it out? Yeah, there I think goes. we're. B- yeah, I think we're there building the things that will eventually kill us. 
they are kind of creepy. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, you know what's creepy about it is that it has no head. And I would say, even if the head you want doesn't it to be really... Like, <laughs> that's right. Even if the head doesn't serve a purpose, it would... <laughs> It would make it. It would make you want, it you look less creepy. You want Scooby Doo with like an AK. I want. I want Scooby Doo to less look a little bit less. Where are my treats? No, no, that's so funny. Um. Okay. Somebody. I don't know if this was a mistake. I don't know if this was something that somebody had planned to do, but in a sheltered donation bin. These Air Jordans worth more than $10,000 were plopped right in the donation bin. It happened at an Oregon shelter. And now somebody knew what they were looking at. See, you'd put these things in. I wouldn't know. They would just be, yeah. oh, someone donated like, shoes. Wow, why why mm -hmm. does somebody spray paint their shoes gold? And yet somebody knew what they had in their hand. $10,000. Um, <laughs> these This pair of gold Air Jordan 3 sneakers commissioned by Spike Lee dumped into the donation bin at this Oregon shelter. Now they're being auctioned off by Sotheby's. Yes, that's right. Um, it's uh, this transitional shelter program at the Burnside Shelter, operated by the Portland Rescue Mission, was sorting through donations earlier this year when they found these gold shoes at the bottom of the donation bin. Do you think it was um, like some caretaker of a house? I or don't like know. Some nanny or something. Or somebody works for somebody rich and they were like, can you clean out, just clean out, you know, all the shoes? Well, you they, think they no you idea. have something valuable, but you don't know. So they had to call in the designer of the Air Jordan 3 sneakers. Tim Tinker Hatfield is the designer who came out to the shelter. <laughs> I'm a shoe designer. My name is Tinker. I tinker, tinker with these designs. Tinker Hatfield. Tinker Hatfield went <laughs> tinker out to the Hatfield shelter. at your service. And he went to, uh, to, I think Tinker's a dude, went to examine the shoes and he confirmed that they were this custom pair of Air Jordan 3 shoes commissioned by Spike Lee to wear to the Academy Awards in 2019. He provided the shelter with a replacement box and a framed sign design proof as well. So these shoes valued at more than 10 grand are now being auctioned by Sotheby's with 100% of the hammer price going right back to the Portland rescue mission. They could, even though they were valued at 10,000, bring in up to $20,000. The bidding on the shoes open through December 18th. So place your bets. Now's the time. Yeah. That's still, rich. Nobody knows who plopped them in. Mm -hmm. That's rich. Um, let's talk about Harvard. You know, Harvard and other elite schools have been um, drawing fierce criticism recent weeks for their handling of student protests related Is to that the where Tinker goes. Tinker at conflict, Harvard. <laughs> conflict between Israel and Hamas, with some alumni threatening to withdraw large donations and to blacklist students for what they characterize as anti-Semitic comments. Harvard isn't only among the most prestigious U.S. institutions of higher learning; it's also the richest. Um, that's no idle threat that they're making. Ivy League colleges and universities like Stanford and MIT have amassed massive endowments with wealthy alumni exerting considerable influence on university policy and even curricula. Harvard's endowment at more than $50 billion. Whoa. $50 billion is the biggest mm. among U.S. universities and is larger than the GDP of more than 120 nations, including Tunisia, <laughs> Bar Bahrain, and Iceland. That's crazy. That insane. You can see yeah. on the chart there, Yale's not that far behind, uh, what, 42. Uh, University of Texas, uh, 40, looks like. Uh, Stanford, about the 38. Uh, Princeton, 37. Have rich alumni and a really good fundraising department. Wow. With the war also mm -hmm. playing out over uh, 
out as a fight over the competing narratives that hold sway in Gaza and Israel. Money donors to elite U.S. schools have sought to use their financial clout to dictate the debate on university campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, University of, Pres- uh, uh, university of Pennsylvania President Liz McGill stepped down as president only days after a hedge fund manager, Ross Stevens, a graduate of the institution's Wharton Business School, threatened to withdraw a $100 million donation. Wow. You know, she was like, Ooh, whoopsie. <laughs> and her boss yeah. is like, or the you gotta go. You yeah. gotta go. Sorry, but uh, you're not worth a hundred million. Mm-hmm. That's insane. It that's is an insane amount of money. Crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, speaking of an insane amount of money, not quite g- gazillions like you were talking about, but there's this private members club for dogs. Wait, for what? For dogs opening in Los Angeles. That costs Jesus Christ one thousand four hundred forty dollars a year. In order to participate, your dog has to pass a temperament test because they're allowed to roam free. They're offered a lounge, uh, and you are offered a lounge and concierge if you own the animal. Yeah, it's one thousand four hundred forty dollars a year. It looks like that, um like a soccer field, like a rooftop. Is that a rooftop? Or I don't know if there's a backyard. Very fancy. It's called dog PPL. Not, not dog that people, kind of money. Right? Dog PPL? Dog people, you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. It's an exclusive members only dogs club op- opened in Los Angeles. They require vaccinations. They ask for a picture of the owner and the dog in the application. And it's basically it's a glorified dog park. You get luxurious amenities for your dogs and owners. You've got a full calendar packed with social events. It's a social club. With a yeah, really and it doesn't nice look like it's park. following um, health code here. I mean, it's mm-hmm. cute, but the dog's eating the watermelon and a little close to that booze. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, some people so need they, some ad- they need some adversity in their lives. There's a new one opening in Los Angeles, but two years ago they opened one in Santa Monica. They already have 1,700 members. Everyone pays the 1,400 bucks uh, a year to access this swanky club. They call it the Soho House for Dogs because of the exclusivity of this dog park. Pre-screened pups to test their temperament. They have vet records there. They have vaccinations. You have to complete the application. Well, it's a good way to network so that you can get your dog into private school, Kim. <laughs> is that what it is? I guess for people that have like, you know, their dogs or their kids kind of thing, and maybe they don't have a lot of social activity, it's a great place to go meet people and hang out, people that are you know, have disposable income and love their pets and whatever. Apparently, so. Ms. Organic says that looks like a dog virus waiting to happen. <laughs> Wouldn't like that for my pooch. No. Well, all the the vet records had to be submitted with the application. So see, everybody's healthy. It's all yeah. cool. It's all good. Um, speaking of uh, potential viruses, <laughs> in this case, maybe STDs or STIs, um, this story out of Germany Inside the drive-through brothels, where prostitutes offer uh, 25-pound, so this is a, is a British story, uh, 25-pound hookups from the dingy static caravans at the side of busy roads. Truckers pull up in the thousands every week to visit the cheap sex sites, but worth, workers face darker threats of arson and even murder. Jeez. Wait, are the hookers in the trailers? Yeah. Oh. That got dark fast, didn't it? They kind of look like cute trailers. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I spent, I, yeah, I spent some money on it. So this is about 30, $32. That's, uh, that's crazy. $32 on a busy highway. Hundreds of static caravans line the roadside lit up like Christmas trees. Um, each one has garish lights hanging out the window. When switched on, they indicate the prostitutes who wait inside are available. 
for sex. Um, there you go. Helmonimus, uh, that is gross. Those trailers probably smell worse than a soggy gym socks worn all season. While uh. they might sound grody, these mobile homes are a common sight across Germany and a favorite with long-distance truck drivers and totally legal under German law. As part of uh, the, the investigation this paper did into their country's legal sex trade, uh, they visited uh, a sprawling road in the industrial heart of Cologne. Um, I was in Cologne. I didn't, I didn't know about this. With British tourists being ushered away from Amsterdam's red light district, more and more flocking to the West German city, which is famed for its mega brothels. Uh, but now German Chancellor Olaf Scholz is calling for legal restrictions on sex work, declaring it morally wrong and telling Parliament that it is unacceptable for men to purchase women. I guess that's a... Unless they're being trafficked, I think that that could be deemed offensive, right? Pauline's calling it the hooker highway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if somebody wants to be involved in sex work, then I don't, that's not purchasing. Well, it's, it's, is it illegal so, there? No, it's not. Well, so what's it's, the problem? Um, unless well, they're being held against their will or, you know. Well, it's just society wise, like their German chancellor, he might be religious. Uh, there's a conservative element in, in Germany. Well, um, then it is estimated make it against the law. I mean, if it it's is against the law, that, then they can't be there, right? Yeah, that's what he wants to call. He's calling mm -hmm. for legal restrictions. It's um, it is estimated that more than 1.2 million men in the country buy sex every day, um, but working conditions can vary, and there's little protection for women working out of these caravans, which represent the darkest edges of the sex work industry. Unlike in brothels, there's no security guards, you know, or pimps. <laughs> yeah, scary. So it leaves yeah, women Kim vulnerable. Says it doesn't doesn't seem sanitary. Mm -mm. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no next um, you're welcome yeah thank you for that yeah i i still think the little trailers are cute not that i want to be in one mm -mm. uh listen to we have this a theme, one we have a theme going here speaking of sex you need a penis for that but you might not have one Some this women man disagree with that <laughs> oh well that's true that's true uh the sex i was thinking of a man escaped prison after a botched penis enlargement Yes, it was almost the perfect plan. No, it didn't it's work a wild out the way. Idea. This is 37-year-old Thanapat Mayod. He was serving a sentence for theft in the prison in the city of Pattaya, Thailand. He's Thailand. He started feeling pain in his private parts. After uh, before he was put in prison, he had undergone a surgery of injections to enlarge his male member. But last week, he was admitted to a hospital after his male member became severely infected. And at some point while in the hospital, he came up with this plan to escape. So he called his wife, who allegedly smuggled in a pair of flyers. Um, after he underwent surgery to deal oh. with his infected boy parts... He escaped oh. hours later using the pliers to cut through his ankle chains. Oh, Videos, right? You were thinking <laughs> that was going somewhere else. Videos published online showed a hunched over Mayod limping toward a nearby elevator. He's really not in good enough shape to escape at this point. I don't no, know. His head is hung, hung low. Um, no. Hospital officials not noticed. Not the only thing that's hung low. He's gone for his from his seventh floor room. They start looking for him. They focus their search around surrounding buildings. Um, they think he can't have gotten far because he still had a, a catheter inserted. So he, you know, finally they, lot. they capture him on Sunday, 28 hours later on the roof of a nearby building. He said... After he ran from the hospital, he ran into a nearby forest and he threw the pliers away and then he climbed a power pole 
really in that condition what? onto the roof of the hospital psychiatry ward wait define about, power pole <laughs> i don't know a little one i guess about 70 feet from where he escaped and that is where he stayed hiding under a black bag reportedly in agonizing pain until he was discovered it seems to me he he said he wanted to escape because he missed his family well you know you can't go home right? Because the police are going to look for you there. So you're still going to be missing your family. He still had 13 months left on his sentence, but now with the new charges, he could face an additional three years behind bars. And now oh, his wife is also charged with aiding his escape and yeah. could face up to five years for her role in that crime. Well John done, Watson people. has the uh, winning line. He's probably mm -hmm. headed to Germany as we speak. That's right. I don't know what he's going to do there in agonizing pain. He can't use his boy parts anymore. Um, yeah, poor boy parts. Um, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw those in. Um, a mysterious shipwreck. We we love our shipwrecks, right? Well, we don't like the fact that they're wrecked, but we like uh, the discovery of the shipwrecks. Ooh, this mysterious shipwreck, yeah. measuring over 200 feet long, was found at the bottom of the Baltic Sea. Researchers are working to identify the origins of it. Uh, it was found uh, off of the coast of Lithuania, marking an Unexpected discovery in waters. Fewer than 20 shipwrecks have uh, been uh, officially registered. Where? Sorry. Where fewer than 20 yeah. shipwrecks have been officially registered. Um, Ignitus Renewables, that's an interesting name, a branch of the Lithuanian state-run energy company uh, that focuses on green energy, encountered the shipwreck while hap uh, by happenstance while surveying the seafloor in an area for wind farms. Um, the sunken ship measures about 230 feet long, 20 feet high, and is yet and as yet uh, has remained unexplored and seemingly out of sight. It was discovered 125 feet beneath the surface of the ocean in a portion of the Baltic Sea that has never been studied in detail prior to this research. I wonder what's um, on that ship. Yeah. Mm. Gold. Booty. <laughs> Something interesting. I don't know. Did you, speaking of the ocean, did you hear about this discovery? Dolphins with thumbs. Not wow, even are they hitchhiking? You. They're not hitchhiking. This They're is like, actually... I gotta get to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> These dolphins are deformed, unfortunately. This dolphin, it's only one, uh, found by scientists at the Pelagos Cetacean Research Institute in Greece. So they they spotted this dolphin with oddly deformed flippers that resembled human thumbs. This was a uh, dolphin. Does that look like a thumb? It's kind of sharp. It kind of looks like a can no. of to me. I mean, you would think. Which would be helpful for a dolphin, you know, open a can of, of fish. <laughs> or maybe scoop something up that they could pick up. But I don't think the the little thumb-like thing moves. So I don't know. But this dolphin was found in the Gulf of Corinth over the summer, and it was spotted two times. And researchers say... We've never seen anything like this. It was the very first time we saw this surprise flipper morphology. 30 years of surveys in the open sea and also in studies while monitoring all the stranded dolphins along the coast of Greece. And this is the first time this dolphin was swimming. It was leaping. It was playing normally, despite the thumbs. It had no trouble keeping up with the pod. The researcher says the fin shape doesn't look like illness, but maybe a rare and irregular gene as the result of inbreeding, they're thinking. Yeah. Heather has um, the winning line here. They're evolving thumbs so they can text better. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Exactly. 
There are 1,300 striped dolphins in the Gulf, and they are isolated from their Mediterranean peers, and so they have very limited options for breeding. So it's possible that it's the inbreeding, and that's why this um, this fin was deformed in this way. So you're they, saying inbreeding is not all bad? <laughs> well, it depends on whether you think it's bad. I mean, it's not normal for a fin to look like that. I mean, is it life altering? Maybe not. It seems to be leaping and playing and being all right. Mm. They have finger bones, dolphins do. Did you know mm. that? They have like whales and dolphins and porpoises. They, they have phalanges or finger bones, um, but they're concealed by the tissue of their flippers. But they aren't entirely missing as seen here in this Greek specimen. So where you have it. Interesting. At first, they thought this guy was injured, but then they realize, no, it's got what looks like to be a deformed flipper thumb. Pretty cool. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, the Vatican's back in the news. Of course. And it's softened its rules for Catholics on keeping ashes of the dead. Catholic like families may now thing. request. Yeah, so that's the alternative. Oh. Uh, that, that's <laughs> their primary primary uh, mode, mode of disposal yeah, bearing yeah, yeah. Um, i was trying to avoid saying disposal uh, catholic families may now request to preserve a small portion of their late relatives cremated remains in a place of significance to them instead of a church or a cemetery the vatican said on tuesday in an easing of its stance on the practice huh. the new instructions signed by catholic doctrinal prefect cardinal victor manuel fernandez of argentina came seven years after the vatican issued guidelines in response to the growing popularity of cremations, it's the Catholic Church. I mean, as a former altar boy, it's like they're like ten to twenty years behind on everything. It's like it's like a if you were interviewing somebody and they're on the other side of the world, it's like there's this massive delay. The Catholic Church is like, okay, okay, cremations, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. Okay, what's the big deal with having the ashes of your loved one on your mantle? Well, because it, it's all about the sanctity, and you know oh. everything has to be done, and they, you have to have the ruby shoes and the fancy clothes and the incense and the, the hoop to walk. Ruby shoes, okay. Yeah, you don't remember the previous pope? Um, was well, the, the evil pope? No, I remember? don't remember the ruby shoes. No, you don't remember the evil pope, the last pope? He had like the shiny shoes, and oh. people were kind of like uh, getting on his case for being showy. Huh. The one who looks like a he looks like the bad guy from Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, at that, uh, let's see. Uh, the guidelines stipulated that the ashes of the dead must be laid to rest in a sacred place, like a church or a graveyard, and not kept at home. This is what it was like before. Ashes mm -hmm. of the dead must not be scattered in the air, on land, or at sea in some other way, nor may they be preserved in mementos like pieces of jewelry or other objects. Those mm -hmm. who wished to have their ashes scattered were denied Catholic funerals. Um yeah, when my um my mom my mom and dad have like a joint plot, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a my mom calls it their two bedroom condo. <laughs> um, they wouldn't let them put any symbology from the uh, Islamic faith. Really? On a headstone. Yeah. Is it a Christian cemetery or something? It's Catholic. Yeah, in Pennsylvania. Oh. Yeah, they're really funny about. It. It's just. Eh. Yeah, I'm over religion. Can That's you ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this is your update. I know everyone on the, wants to be uh, kept up to date. Um, and it was uh, Pope Benedict that I was thinking of, evil Pope. Well, I have an update Allegedly. for you. Here you uh -huh. go. Speaking of evil. Speaking of evil, mm, the fruit of the devil. <laughs> Apparently, there's you a problem. Have my attention. <laughs> 
apparently there's a problem. There is a satanic temple altar at the Iowa State Capitol, and oh. Republicans <laughs> Republicans are not happy. The satanic temple was allowed to put up a display at the state capitol building. Are my biggest client. <laughs> It's it's in Des Moines, the state capitol building, and there was outcry. People were not happy. I mean, honestly, it's not something I want to see either, right? It's not. I'm not going to go pray at that altar. That's. I feel like you know. To me, on, I look at that and I. Have I ever done to you? It's you're evil, Satan. You're oh, evil. Come on. It's the truth. You want my soul, and I'm not giving it. I've told you time and time again, Satan. But I leave me alone. Ask. I don't. <laughs> I don't force you to sign the documents. Walk away whenever you want. Yeah, right. Well, apparently this very unchristian-like altar was put up on the first floor of the Iowa State Capitol earlier this month. The public, the lawmakers there are already calling for its removal. Others say, wait a minute, keep it where it is. Keep the shrine up. It's a matter of free speech. It's a matter of yeah. freedom of religion. Thank you. Right? <laughs> You're welcome. Finally Satan. getting the respect that I deserve. Uh it has seven fundamental tenets of the satanic temple. It has the group seal. They have electric candles around it. Um, they have an effigy of the goat headed idol Baphomet. Uh, it's, I mean, it's really, it's quite a scene, this whole thing. And I could see why people would be like offended as they walked by. And that's what happened with Iowa state representative, Brad Sherman. He's a Republican. He objected to what he called a disgusting display. Mm -hmm. is my dude. That's my dude right there. <laughs> he says this altar violates Iowa state constitution, but another Republican says he doesn't want to defend it, but he kind of has to. He's an ordained minister, John Dunwell, a Republican. He said, while this altar offended him as a follower of Christ, access to the state capitol displays are done through an open, ap open application, which does not discriminate on the basis of religion or ideology. See, we so, have processes, protocols, and standards. Gov governor's calling this altar objectionable, but says in a free society, the best response to objectionable speech is more speech. And so now she's inviting everyone of all faiths to join her in prayer at the Capitol. It's not the first time the satanic church has tried to, you know, I think by putting this places, they, they're trying to make a point and say something. Um, but in 2013, they attempted to get an eight foot tall Baphomet sculpture in installed at the Oklahoma state Capitol because Christians or people of other, uh, denominations were putting in a 10 commandment statue on the, the public grounds as well, because they didn't want the Baphomet sculpture. They had to remove the biblical monument as well. So well, look at Baphomet. he's been working out. He looks great. He's been going to CrossFit. <laughs> As of now, the altar remains at the Iowa State Capitol, and if you're going to allow a Christian display, then you have to allow this one, too. Yeah, I'm with Natalie. I frankly find a crucifix to be a disgusting display and completely inappropriate for children to see. That's what I've been saying this whole time. <laughs> Thank you, Satan. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the After Party Live. You got it, Kim. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there we go. Meanwhile, it looks like people that use chat GPT are bumming out, John Daly. 
Yeah, this is bizarre. This whole new world, it's like, I don't even know if I want to participate in this. ChatGPT may have become seasonally depressed as creators race to fix AI after users moan over this bizarre change. Um, And then the writer here says, I mean, aren't we all feeling a little lazier now that the sun is setting at 4 p.m.? How do they know to feel seasonally depressed? Yeah, a strange theory claims ChatGPT is now seasonally depressed and behaving lazier during (laughs) this time of year. Several users um, have expressed their concerns about the bot online and experts have waded in with theories. According to Futurism and Ars Technica, it might not just be humans who suffer from seasonal depression. Since late November, users have said to have noticed that ChatGPT is lazier. The artificial intelligence apparently provided simple results or refused to do tasks. Even OpenAI has uh, admitted (laughs) that there's something wrong with its chatbot. Um, (laughs) Maybe it's just lowered the standard, right? When does a computer say no to you? No, not doing it. Um, Let's say the OpenAI said on X, uh, we've all heard your feedback about ChatGPT4 getting lazier. We haven't updated the model since November 11th, and this certainly isn't intentional. Um, it is unpredictable and we're looking into fixing it. Users were quick to repost OpenAI and make the seasonal depression link. One person wrote on X, not ChatGPT having seasonal depression. Another <laughs> said, part of me wonders if ChatGPT gets seasonal depression too. Um, did ChatGPT get seasonal depression? People are, so everybody's, I mean, it's kind of funny, but everybody's uh, chiming in on that. Yes, the robot is crying. So sad. Oh yeah. no. I mean, they, they, um, the, so one of the hypotheses, hypotheses is mm-hmm. that chatbots learn to do less work over the holiday season because they're basing everything they know on humans. That's so, right. That's what Lori says. Maybe Remember. they've been talking to Albert, yeah. you know? He's like, dude, <laughs> oh, you're working too hard. You're making me look bad. Rude. And <laughs> Wes says, no one really knows that. how it works. They only know how to start it. And then it kind of just grows on its own. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, Speaking Square of wants evolution, to know if male robots have testicles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's talk about Speaking this. Speaking of evolution, if you are one of these people that loves to get up early in the morning, you know, <clears throat> early to bed, early to rise. No, sure, maybe you're healthier no, no. than everybody else. No, no, but no. apparently, yeah, you have Neanderthals to thank for that. Mm-hmm. That's because your forebearers likely procreated, procreated, did the deed with Neanderthals, the DNA inherited in from Germany our somewhere on the side of a proud cousins. So they say may contribute to the tendency of some people to be what we call larks, making them more comfortable getting up and going to bed earlier than other people. So really, you think it's genetic, huh? While most genes that modern humans gain through ancient interbreeding have been weeded out by evolution, a small fraction remain, most probably because they help early modern humans adapt to new environments. By analyzing these bits of Neanderthal DNA that remain in modern human genomes, researchers discovered this trend. According to an epidemiologist at UCSF, uh, no, it's not my Peter Chin Hong. It's John Capra. Many of the affected genes that govern body clocks in modern humans, he says, uh, increasing propensity to be a morning person are connected to, yep, Neanderthals. Heather's Waves- asking, oh, hey, how did you get a pic of my ex? <laughs> there he is in all his glory. Look away, Heather. Look away. 
Waves of Homo sapiens migrated from Africa to Eurasia about 70,000 years ago. When they got here, I guess, into or there to Eurasia, they encountered the Neanderthals who had already adapted to life in the colder climate, having occupied the territory for hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, thanks to interbreeding between the groups, humans alive today carry up to 4% of Neanderthal DNA, including genes linked to skin pigmentation, hair, fat, and immunity as well. So... And now apparently also linked to being an early riser. Well, I am not a morning person. So Me neither. Mm-mm. I am a little bit Neanderthal. Doll. They do say that being a morning person doesn't necessarily require Neanderthal genes, that hundreds of different genes affect when people sleep and when people wake up as well. Yeah. But the Neanderthal genes have a small impact on all this. Right. And then everyone's being, not everyone, but most people are being forced into like a nine to five. So it's like mm -hmm. they may be going against their nature and then they drink a lot of coffee. Well, what right. do you say we take a little break? Yeah, let's take a little break and we'll come back. We have um, trivia today. Holiday music is our category. Yeah. Um, a little bit of entertainment news. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Get your thinking cap on. We're right back with trivia on the After Party Live. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience. And without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. It is the After Party Live, and we want to thank our ongoing contributor, Donald S. Thank you, Donald S. Thank you, Donald. Thank you for having our back. We appreciate you. Thank you also to West Theory with a $5 super sticker and some great comments in the chat today as well. So appreciated. All um, right, do you, you ready? Do you want to do another story? Or do you want to go right to the trivia? It's up to you. I leave it up to you. Uh, I want you to see this. Let's I'm used this, to you uh... making the decisions as oh, the wow. uh, former super producer. Um, <laughs> thanks. thanks. Um, or former fabulous producer, I should say. Or former executive producer. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to mention that. It gets overlooked. Um, <laughs> check this out. A New York City apartment panned as glorified prison cell comes with shockingly high rent price and prime location. $2,300. Look at it. You're basically looking at the entire apartment there. A Manhattan Wait, that's studio. That's it? Like just a little teeny tiny that's the, closet? Yeah. You got this. And you've got, here's your, from, uh, let's see, there's your bathroom. What's with that shower? It's, it's narrow. It looks like and a standing coffin. You couldn't take a shower in there without water getting everywhere. Yeah. And like, this is looking back from, I think there's like a little kitchenette there on the right hand side. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that that's amazing? it, huh? Yeah. That's basically it. A Manhattan studio has been nominated for the title of the borough's most itty bitty abode, at least according to Instagram. Tiny apartments are hardly a rarity in New York City, but internet denizens believe this bite-sized Greenwich Village unit may get the gold for the smallest of all. A video walkthrough of the barely one-room residence has gone viral for its unbelievably minimal square footage and comparatively enormous price tag. Um, let's see. It's probably the smallest. 2300 a month? Yeah, uh, that's it. The clip says $2,300 a month. Um, it's basically a closet, right? Um, there is no closet. <laughs> it basically is a closet. Um, and I thought I had a picture of, uh, let's see if I can get a picture of you wouldn't, the, uh, there wouldn't kitchen. be room for a roommate. So it'd be solo living. You'd have to pay for that. You're so well, unless, unless you're really, unless you're really twins in there. Bunk beds. Unless you're really maybe. desperate. 
maybe if you're really desperate and you uh and uh you know you needed to get a roommate um because if you're willing to live in that apartment i'm i am guessing that you're going to lower your standards right um oh, here's man. here's um, i want to show you the the kitchenette so this is looking from the where they're standing right now looking back mm -hmm. that's your kitchen well it's not right. a horrible little kitchen i guess <laughs> it's basically like a mini motel room yeah, it is. It's smaller than most motel rooms, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Nice um, floors, nice brick wall. And then somebody says, why the dishwasher? Are you hosting a dinner party in the bathroom? <laughs> With another, not mincing words, a glorified prison cell. Um, the Wii unit is not without its pros. It's in a prime location, the heart of Greenwich Village. It has a single large window, an exposed brick wall, and everything clean, sunny, nice view, and dishwasher. Um, so... Uh, yeah, they immediately passed the people that were looking at it because the they had been, they wanted something bigger and closer to their school, and they're like, "Yeah, this is not this is not no can do, do. that's yeah. too this teeny your, tiny." And here's your view out the window. I don't so, know what I'm looking yeah. at there. What is that? Just, you're, oh. you're on the back. Oh, the, the window is. They need to clean that window. No, it's like a. Hey. I think this is like a. Is it a window? Or I thought it was a porch, but it, maybe it's the window. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, your view out that window. Interesting. All right. Um, okay, entertainment news or trivia, you pick. Uh, let's quickly do the entertainment news because it's so ridiculous. Um, okay. You want to do this, right? Yeah, this is a, a claim of transgender Moana. Moana. Wait, what? Wait, what? In the film sequel is satire. No sequel has been announced yet, uh, according to a fact check. But there was a big hoop-de-doo over a claim of a transgender Moana in this film sequel. Um, right. So it's not real sequel. It's, it's, this no, is like something that posted, somebody was posted online. Yeah, right. somebody put up an Instagram post and it right. showed clips from the first Moana as a narrator discussed details of the movie's sequel. And it said, breaking, Moana is the first transgender princess. Well, the Instagram post shows an image of Moana um, as a man named Kai in the purported sequel, Moana 2, The Rise of Kai. The narrator claims Moana becomes transgender in the second film. Some people thought it was for real. They didn't think it was satire or a joke. They didn't get it. Somebody, Some people are getting so angry. I'm boycotting Disney. I can't anymore. This is disgusting. Moana is a children's movie. <sighs> The post was like 20,000 times in two days. All you have to do is say something a little inflammatory and whammo. We need to start being more controversial, John Day. Yeah, I think that's what annoyed or uh, that that's, uh, this is what's fascinating to me is just that like everyone just reacts so quickly. It's, it's like not real. At, it's not real. You're looking at something on Instagram. There is ridiculous. no Moana 2 announced yet. It would be no. great if there was a Moana 2. But there isn't one yet. So it was a joke or yeah, someone. Do you know what is real? Wes's generosity. What? $20 super sticker in addition Wes? to the $5. Thank you, Wes. You're very generous. Wes, that's really, really kind of you. Generosity. Man, you hit me right in the heart. Right in the. Right in the feels. Right in the feel zone. The Thank well, you, Wes. Well, that's a perfect transition to get into <laughs> holiday music. Oh, it is holiday time. So let's do some holiday trivia. Yeah. Okay. This theme is holiday music. We will and not so, be playing the music because no. we'll get demonetized, but we will well, ask questions. That's right. We will ask questions. You want to go first? Um, I will go first. And I have a picture to show you. You are supposed to 
are you ready for this? You are supposed to name the Christmas song. So I'm going to show you this picture and you are going to name the Christmas song. And here we go. Here's the photo. Wait, it's, you name it's it? one it's one song? Mm, uh hold on. <laughs> yes, I think it's one it's one song. No, it's not. Every song is a different one. It's oh, okay. six it's six songs. Jingle bells. Yep. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yep. Um what is what's the name of that song with the, um uh, Three Wise Men and number 4. Nope, 3 is Oh, oh, you you're skipping to number 4? Yeah. Um, because I can't remember the name of the song. Mm, um, no, that's not that's not correct. Oh, it's not. It's not. Mm-mm. Uh, I forget the name of the song. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm getting stumped here. Uh, okay, so number Frosty three the snowman. is Frosty the Snowman. The snowman. That's yeah. right. Number was, four is We Three Kings. Uh, we Three Kings. All okay. right. I'm sorry. Number five. Can you get guess number five? It's something to do with the font. Or the color. Oh, it's a blue Christmas. It's blue a blue Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, blue Christmas. And then number seven, or rather number six is five balls. It's the twelve days of Christmas. Five golden rings. Oh, okay. Yeah. That one's a little obscure. Mm-hmm. There you go. I didn't I wasn't told there would be visuals. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Don't ask questions. Yeah. First rule of after party live trivia. Come on now. Okay, let's go back to traditional trivia here. Um, okay. What activity inspired the song Jingle Bells? A sleigh ride? A sled race. We'll give it oh. to you. A well, town-wide sled race. Mm-hmm. Do you have a single um, question? I have, I... A dumb, I have a dumb question. Okay. According to the Kim, song... in the back of the class. Santa Claus is coming to town. How many times does Santa check his list? twice exactly yeah right. twice. yeah i'm overthinking things um yeah. what brings frosty the snowman to life mm. oh, a silk hat being put on his head yeah it's a magical he... hat I'll give it... yeah mm-hmm. magical hat yeah. i'll give it to you um uh, we... go ahead no 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 what kind of pudding is mentioned in the song we wish you a merry christmas figgy pudding that's correct um what does Alvin the Chipmunk want in the Chipmunks uh, Chipmunk song? What does um, Alvin the Chipmunk want uh, in the Chipmunk song? I don't know what he wants. I don't know what he wants. How did you get a hard Christmas song trivia? Me, God. I want a hula, uh, hula hoop. hoop. Hula hoop. Hula hoop. Hula hoop. Hula hoop. Oh, my God. Uh, um, let's see who, uh, Natalie got it and Mama Day Three Boys got it. Awesome. Michael got the figgy pudding. What does what gift does the little drummer boy uh, present to baby Jesus? Jesus. Wait. Not ba- the, baby cheese it. Baby Jesus. <laughs> wait, the drummer boy? Yeah. Wait, the drummer boy was what, in the manger? What, what gift does the little drummer boy present to baby Jesus? Wait, there was a drummer boy in the manger? That doesn't sound historically accurate. I don't think it's historically accurate. Oh, okay. Um, John Watson says meth. <laughs> no, no. Nice, but no. It's uh, a lovely Luis gift. Says a, Luis says a song. Sandy says drumming on his drum. 
Wes says his drum. Yep, John. that's right. He Logan played Gordon his drum. He he played his drum for him. Oh, okay. I play my drum for him. Bum, 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 bum. Right? I'm sure he appreciated that. Um, mm -hmm. He wasn't even old enough to appreciate the music. Um, <laughs> in the song, in the song, Mr. Grinch, what is his brain full of? In the song, Mr. Grinch, what is his brain full of? Oh my. I don't we'll know what his chat. brain is full of. I'd have to sing the whole song. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. Uh, banana peel. Mm. I don't know what his brain's full of. Are you Grinch freestyling? Uh, yeah. <laughs> B.A. Ware gets it. Spider. His oh, brain's full of spiders? Wait. Mama got it first. Uh, oh, Mama Day, wow. Yeah, spiders. What yep. is the most published Christmas hymn in North America? Christmas hymn? That's very specific, right? I don't know. No? It's the most published Christmas hymn in North America. I bet you Satan would know. Hmm. Don't bring me into this. It's not my, <laughs> not my jam. It's uh, Joy to the World. It was published in 1,387 hymnals across North America before 1978. Yeah, Sandy got yeah. it. The Joy Sandy's to the World, right. that's not mm -hmm. my jam. Ooh, <laughs> overrated. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have the exact same question. I'm going to skip that. Um, okay. Who first recorded the Frank Sinatra hit song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? Who was the first person to record the Frank Sinatra hit, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? Mm. Was it Bing Crosby? No. Wrong. Mm. Harry Como? Wrong. Hmm. I don't know the answer. Well, someone, Mama's on fire. Mama, you're on fire. Was it Judy Garland? <laughs> wow. Yeah, and Kathleen okay. got it as well. Yeah. Deck the Halls is a traditional Christmas carol that date backs to which century? Deck the Halls. Deck the Halls with boughs of holly. Which century? Um, 18th? 16th. Mm. Yeah, it's really, really old. Mm-hmm. How old was singer Brenda Lee when she recorded the classic Christmas hit "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree? Which, by the way, rose to number one this year, right? Oh, did it? Yeah. I'm going to say she was 17. Wrong. Really? Let's see. Uh, Wes gets it first. 13? Are you yeah, serious? Mom. Yeah, Sandy got it. Mama got it. Wow. Uh, Roberta got it. She was Kim singing early. Yeah exploitation um let's see here you have a you have a question what is the most recorded christmas song in the modern era hmm. most recorded most recorded so by different people mm -hmm. oh, I in the modern have era a, have yourself merry little christmas it is not that hmm. i like there's that so one though them. there's yeah. so many of them no you guys Christmas? know what it is? It is a very, it's a very quiet song. Silent Night? Yes. Uh, <laughs> That's what it is. Well done. It. Nice. It's so funny that you had that question that I couldn't answer about Joy to the World. Um, and I had the exact same question. Oh. Oops. <laughs> so I'll skip that. Um, 
Since 1963, many artists have recorded White Christmas, but only one has charted with it. So it's got to be Bing. It's got to be Bing. No, only one recording mm. of White Christmas since 1963. So, um, what well, Bing was before 1963, maybe. Mm-hmm. But since 1963, many artists have recorded White Christmas, but only one has charted with it. Wow. Uh, since after, so it was what after sixty three, after sixty three. Beach kind Boys? of a controversial artist. Not everyone likes him. And let's see who somebody got it. Uh, Square got it. Oh, Michael, Michael Bolton. Bolton, really? Yeah. Who is considered the emperor of Christmas with three songs in the top ten and two songs in the top two? What artist is considered the emperor of Christmas? Hmm. Is it Bing Crosby? It is Bing. Mm-hmm. We knew it was going to come up eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, what pop Christmas hit was released in 1984 but did not rank in the charts until 2017? Uh, do they know it's Christmas time? No. So, so this looking, is Christmas. No. We're looking for a... A pop Christmas hit that was released in 1984, but did not rank into the charts. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Mm. Um, It's the 80s. Louise has it. Last Last Christmas. Christmas. That's Wham, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, About how many songs are there with Christmas in the title? Jeez. Jesus. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Cheese heads. I don't. It would, well, that could be. That's an on a never-ending list. But twenty. It is uh, almost ten thousand songs with Christmas oh, in the title. Nine thousand two hundred seventy-four to be I exactly. Slightly, I was slightly wrong. Yeah. Okay. My final question. You ready for it? Yeah. Elmo of the Elmo and of Elmo and Patsy that released Grandma got run over by a reindeer that you mentioned mm-hmm. is what profession? Uh, by his day job. Oh. What? Yeah. So what does he do for a living? Elmo from Elmo and Patsy. How is that Christmas related? Because it's a Christmas song. It is? Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Oh. Oh, Elmo who wrote the song. I was thinking yes. Elmo is like Disney Elmo or about Sesame Street Elmo. Mm. Uh, he's a veterinarian and he's actually from, from Novato. Wow, there yeah. you go. You redeemed yourself. I've interviewed him before. He's a really cool, was a really cool guy. I was like, I, don't know if still I, was like I thought you were gonna get this. You're like, Elmo? Tickle me okay. Elmo. Are you ready for rapid rapid round? Um yeah, sure. Okay. In this section of holiday music trivia. I will throw song lyrics at you, and you have to tell me what song they come from. Are you ready? Oh, not really. Go ahead. Oh, star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright. I know the lyrics. I know the song, but I, I don't know the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't nope. know the name. We Three Kings. Next. Oh, okay. Peace on earth, goodwill to men from heaven's all gracious king. I'm realizing I don't know the names to holiday like Christmas songs. <laughs> That one's it's came up it came upon a midnight clear. You should yeah, know this one. Yeah. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. <laughs> Walking in a winter wonderland. Winter wonderland. I'm giving it to you. Uh next, let your heart be light. From now on, your troubles will be out of sight. Oh, that sounds familiar. 
it's been on loop for 40 years um i don't know uh have yourself a merry little christmas that's what it's from decorations of red on a green christmas tree won't be the same dear if you're not here with me (laughs) yeah i have no idea i'll have a blue blue christmas okay last one i don't want a lot for christmas there's just one thing i need oh man this is embarrassing can you sing it can you sing it i don't want a lot for christmas having it spoken it's mariah carey that's Uh, right the song is uh do i even know the name of that song all i want Want for for christmas Christmas oh i did not hear very well today yeah it's funny though i'll let mariah sing it not me (laughs) yeah you just sang the lyrics like it didn't register that's funny Uh, well i suck at this and that thus concludes holiday trivia music (laughs) edition 2023 there we go go. Mm. it's over um this is uh uh, this is pretty crazy i want to get this in um there's this new news channel that announced it will become the first to use ai anchors (gasps) starting next year um, no. I've, I have a long video introducing what it is. It's three minutes, but I think it's worth watching. So I'm going right. to just go right into it here. Let's this is it a, an AI news channel that is, re- this is real. Hello, and welcome to Channel One, a new way of consuming, reporting, and thinking about the news powered by artificial intelligence. Today, you'll witness AI-generated stories and headlines, captivating visuals and data-driven insights. From global news to finance to entertainment, we'll show you how technology enables us to bring you a global perspective 24-7, right from the heart of our AI native newsroom. All presented by our team of AI-generated reporters. Maybe you hear the words artificial intelligence and you're immediately skeptical or concerned about technology gone crazy. But everything you'll see on Channel One relies on trusted sources and fact-checking and uses AI to give you news the way you want it, personalized, localized, and distilled. Through it all, our mission is to provide you with accurate, unbiased, and trustworthy news. Technology may be the tool, but journalism's core values of integrity and accountability are at the heart of everything we do. Today we're going to show off some of the technology we're using to build Channel One. We'll show you how AI powers and empowers our newsroom to deliver journalism that's fast, trustworthy, and accurate. Let's start with our reporters. You can hear us and see our lips moving. But no one was recorded saying what we're all saying. I'm powered by sophisticated systems behind the scenes. And I can speak in any language. For example, at this time I'm speaking Spanish. Or if I've heard you from Manila, I'm going to speak Filipino. In fact, you can see even more language samples on our website. Channel One's anchors can even be completely generated to have their own personality, appearance, and voice. And what is AI native news? First, here's what it's not. It's not fake news. There isn't a computer somewhere writing its own news stories about things that haven't happened. Our system relies only on trusted news sources, to bring together the best journalism on any topic from around the world into a single news program. 
We'll also be using artificial intelligence technology in a number of other ways. For example, thanks to our translation capabilities, we can feature on the ground real-life reporters from around the world to get you closer to a particular story. In other cases, it's even possible to create footage of events where cameras were not able to capture the action. It's the same way that a courtroom sketch is not a literal depiction of actual events, but can still provide important information or nuance to a news report. And wherever AI has been used to add context or in any way alter existing sources or depictions of actual events, on-screen graphics will clearly indicate the nature of the alteration. Human editors and producers are also involved in checking the stories for accuracy and clarity at every step of the process. Why? <laughs> Why is this necessary? I, I love how, see, I was thinking to myself, the reason I connect with someone who maybe is a television anchor or a radio anchor or what have you is because somehow I feel connected to that person. Like there's trust. There's trust there. I think they're, you know, humanity. they've said something that made me laugh. There's humanity. We connect on some level, right? Yeah. And so when you have these AI generated people, you're not, there's nothing about them really that's going to make you connect with them until they said, did you see, you can, you can click and give them personality traits. Yeah. And then that also, was interesting. That's, yeah, that's creepy. Uh, talk about manipulation, right? They could cater mm -hmm. it to, to make it likable for certain crowds, yeah. but they also admitted that they're just scraping news and stealing it from other sources. So what, what is the point? What is the point of this? One thing um, that I did notice is that they don't breathe you can't hear them breathing in between words well they don't need to breathe kim they're more efficient they than you don't are. but perhaps that's going to be the one way we can tell them apart right because well, if, until if it, they add the breathing in yeah then then it'll be hard well also there's no flubs there will be no flubs i mean a normal person is going to trip over words here and there like not me. all the time not often and the more you do it the less you trip over it but in the course of a normal day, just think of how often that maybe you stumble over a word. Sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. That's normal. That's normal speech. And so that's how we connect with each other is through that. And sometimes the funniest things that happen that make you connect with people are through the mistakes. I don't know. I yeah, where it says money is the point. So it's like you're cutting yeah. out the people, but then you're saying you still have the producers. It's like, well, is it worth the trade-off? Well, is it just money? Because it's also about being able to make them say whatever you want them to say. Well, and yeah, it's customized and it could be With, translated Without instantly. being the face of it, right? Right. So if someone was telling me and feeding me information and telling me what to say, at some point I'm going to look at you and say, I don't believe what I'm saying here. Well, and, or and if they made a mistake, who's who's responsible? The, the public face of that. Well, now there's no public face. There's no one to take the blame except no for some AI figure. Yeah, I don't like it. Wes says, what um, happens when the AI news program decides to get seasonal depressive disorder? <laughs> then it's a really <laughs> depressing newscast. <laughs> what happens when the AI decides to get lazy? No, We're all going to die. Mm -mm, yeah. No, thank you. John you wants naked news version i'm sorry I, 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 uh, we want to thank uh, janet r for five dollars a little something for you all since we had uh, we just had our work holiday lunch oh that's so nice cool. janet where did you guys go for holiday lunch and such a pretty kitty did you yeah very cute kitty did you have it in the office or did you go to a restaurant in petaluma because janet's in in uh in p-town oh, today p-town mm-hmm very west cool side. west side 
West Side. Actually, Kim, I think she works on the East Side. Oh, I'm I'm from the East Side. Kim is on uh, yeah. the West Side. West Side. Anyway, I thought um, that story uh, would get a reaction out of you. I just think it's I think it's stupid. I think that it, like of all the places to cut costs, uh, your credibility. No, like no. what 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 is the point? What mm -mm. what what. No, thank you. No. No, no, I don't know what this means. Square says I spun him off on a call I made, but I don't know what call that was. I don't know. Okay. Well, you have to take that offline and send a yeah. Kim an email. I don't know the answer. Kim at the afterparty.live is where you can reach me. You John me. at the afterparty.live is where you, you can reach me that round, guy. Right round, right round, baby. <laughs> Oh, they said in the office, lunch by uh, Lombard's, uh, Lombardi's, Lombardi's Deli. Awesome. Oh, nice. Very cool. Love it. Very cool. And well, on uh, that welcome, note, welcome back to Petaluma. Yay. Welcome back to Petaluma. Thank you for the contribution. Thank you to everybody. Ooh, everybody. <laughs> if I hit the right button. Everybody, oh, everybody, everybody. everybody. $4.99 towards no what? AI after party. Always keep it live. You got it, baby. Yes, it is, you can tell we're real. That's for sure. Yeah, that's thank true. You, you can tell I'm real. I stumble often enough. Uh, again, we want to thank Janet uh, for the $5. We want Janet! to thank Wes for both $20 and yes. five. Uh, so total $25. Thank you so much, guys. And then we have our ongoing contributor, um, it was Donald S, right? Donald right, S, Donald thank S. you so much for your contribution. Yeah. Those automatic contributions every month are what's keeping us going. Absolutely. Find our PayPal information in the show description. We, I put it there every day. Thank you so much for being part of the After Party Live and playing along with us. We'll see you again tomorrow. Have a great Have day, a great everybody. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye.